Well, hello everybody. Welcome to season four, episode six. It is the Baggies broadcast. I am your host for one week only. It is Mr. Nathan Judah. It's been a while, but don't worry, fear not. The constant at the other end is here. The greatest Baggies reporter since Matt, Matt Wilson. Wilson. It is Mr. Joe Massey. How's it going, fella? That was the most obvious gag ever. Has it been used already? Well, no, but it's just you all over, isn't it? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I think it's quite a good bounce. It's quite a good bounce, mate. It's quite a good bounce. He's been on a few times, hasn't he? He has, mate. He's done this podcast a lot more than you recently. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, the peeps want want people who know their stuff, mate, so I don't know why I'm on this week. Me neither. It's a a pleasure. It's an honour. How are things with you, mate? I haven't spoken to you for a while. Um, Yeah, I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. All good. I'm just cracking on, really. Interesting times. Enthused by Albion a little bit after their performance on Monday night, but we'll get into that in a minute. But I'm I'm, I'm very well. How are you, my dingle friend? Um, <laughs> that would take. Um, I'm good, mate. Um, it's uh, it's Halloween day in Judah Towers today. It's Halloween day. We decorate the house, so we go a little bit all out, uh, as you know from um, from previous conversations back in the office in the good old days when we could uh, all go into into work in the same building and. Uh, yeah, we, we go a little bit overboard here, a bit Americanized, having the old wife from uh, from Seattle. So we've got full on, we've got full on huge spiderweb from the top, the top room, top floor, going down onto the tree in our front window. We've got a monster teeth all outside our garage with two big eyes, um, witches hats outside which light up at night time, purple and gold. Uh, we've got three skeletons in the front, and then tonight we're putting together. Um, the three windows that look out into the onto the street. We've got kind of like a special curtain that we're going to have three projectors projecting ghoulish images uh, onto the street uh, throughout the evening. Didn't you so just, just 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 a just just a just a quiet one, mate? To be honest. What? Um, so what? How do you get the web goes from your roof to a tree? Yeah. So the, we've got like the front window or the top window. So I, I so we've got this big like web. And then I, I put it down, and then and then close the window, and then it stretches out, it stretches all the way down, and then we hide it and, and wrap it around a tree. So it's like this this huge spider web that's coming from the very top of the house down to the bottom, and then it's spread out with like fifteen pegs to to make it almost like a like a cargo net. That sounds mental. I hate spiders. I hate them. Oh, me too, mate. Milana has to leave. She has to put them out. I, I can't. Oh, horrific. Absolutely horrific. Although I don't know, a tri- I don't even, I keep get, I keep getting the rules wrong. Now, trick or treat is allowed this year. Are they even allowed to come to the house? I was gonna, didn't you do one year? Because I love your Halloween efforts. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable. I've got, I've absolutely Halloween does. I don't even know like when it is. It doesn't even register on my scale. Wow, thirty first. Um, come on, mate. It's the, it's, it's the best time of the year. It's the best holiday of the of the year. It's getting way more like America now, isn't it? Yeah, very much Americanized. Yeah. Me and my wife were saying this the other day. It's only going to, by the time like my little ones are like teenagers, we'll be there, I reckon. Oh, for sure, for sure, absolutely. Are they not going to get dressed up, mate, in a little trick or treat? That's so cute when the kids get dressed up. I, I dress up the dogs, so you got to dress up the kids. Do you dress up the dogs? Yeah, absolutely. Of <laughs> I took them down to London for a groom this weekend, mate. <laughs> Honestly, like, if people so- are listening to this for the first time and don't know anything about you, they are just going to be completely <laughs> baffled. Like, who is this guy? The thing is, it's not made up. It's all true. It's all one hundred percent true. I can see some pictures of the house later on, but maybe not the street that I live on, just in case. Um, but yeah, I took them down to London because the people won't people won't groom them here for some reason. Two little Pomeranians, and uh, they've got a lot of fur on them, mate. 
So we, we get there, and the place is on King's Road. It's, it's a lovely place. Uh, we're walking, walk downstairs, Sunday morning it is. And they're like, okay, what do you want? Do you want, do you want normal grooms? I'm like, yeah, I'll have normal groom. Okay, we've got a few extras here. Do you want a blueberry facial for them? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, throw a blueberry facial in. Uh, would you like a teeth clean? Yeah, okay, would you like a sonic teeth clean? Uh, all right then. Uh, would you like the glands, anal glands sorting out? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's just take the anal glands out. That's fine. I mean, in for a penny, right? Well, in for a penny. In for, in for £224 when I pick them up. 224 quid for two dogs. Oh, my Lord. I know. As if you had to take them to London Mate, to be groomed. You've, you've, you've got to get the best for the best, you know what I mean? You've got to treat them like princesses. When you haven't got children, these are the things you've got to look at. Although, when I'm 40 next next month, I feel like I've got to I've got to maybe start start being start being an adult and maybe have to knuckle down with some children mate, at some point. Are you 40 next discussion. month? Next month, I'm 40. That's mental. Because I didn't think you... Because we... This is years ago when... Yeah. It must have been when... When you liked me. When I liked... Yeah. We, you, you had your passport in the office and Spears... Tim Spears, former Wolves reporter at the Express and Star. Boo! We um, took a picture of... We scanned your passport. What?! And because we didn't think you'd ever actually admit that you were going to be 40. Oh, really? So right, we were planning okay. like this. We were going to do, obviously everything's changed now. But we were going to do this big reveal for mm. you being 40. Because we thought you'd just come into the office. <laughs> <laughs> just sit at your desk and just get on with it and not even tell anyone it was your birthday. Oh my God, that's astonishing. <laughs> then we were planning this. Yeah, we're going to do Judas 40 and try and really embarrass her. Because uh. we, we didn't realise that like, you, it was so close. <laughs> I can't, neither do I. I'm absolutely devastated, to be honest. I'm laughing about it now, but I, I, I've shed a few tears. I can't believe it. I mean, there's only so much moisturiser your face can take before you do start having a few crinkles in there and uh, crevices. So, yeah, I might have to do a little bit of plastic, mate, I think. A little bit of surgery, you know, a little bit of a nip this and here and there. You've had a hair transplant already, haven't you? Yeah, mate, you can't go wrong. Thanks for telling everybody about that. But that's, that's great. Right. You know, Baggy's broadcast. There's at least seven people who know about that now. Mate, yeah, what's, what's going <laughs> Thousands on? Thousands listen to us, actually. I love you now. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I've seen the stats. It's fine. Uh, but no, it's all good, mate. All good. So yeah, I think I think uh, you have to go down some sort of plastic surgery route at some point, um, just to kind of keep it going. But yeah, uh, I remember uh, that day. Spears come home. He's like, "You're not going to believe this. Judas forty, like next year, mate. Next unbelievable. year." And we were like, pl- had big plans. But also, just this is the last thing I say on it. Yeah, before we start talking some football, people are like, "What the hell is this?" Hatfield normally gets into it within two minutes. You're didn't for like Halloween last year or the year before? Didn't you yeah. like hide? And jump out on the trick or Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally we do so. So normally the situation goes, uh, it might be a bit different this year. So I will dress up. So last year I was it. And this horrible face mask had the, the red balloon. So Alana answers the door. The kids come round. We've got a side door. I'll go round the side door. And then we've got the, my car kind of blocks the, the front door. So they have to go past the door. So I, I have my, my car door open. So I, I sneak in into the car door with the kind of back window open. And as they're coming back with the tree, I'm outside going... <laughs> Wanna play a game? <laughs> and they absolutely freak themselves out, run off, some cry, some laugh, some call me all sorts of words. It's a reaction, you know. It's, it's all good. Better be talked about than month, not mate. at all. You are 40 next month. Can you believe it? Oh, mate. So going away hiding in a... cars and jumping out at children. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going on holiday, mate, for eight days. I'm going to try and get some sunshine, hopefully. But uh, we'll see what happens there, mate. I don't know what's going on. Tier 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or whatever it's going to be. Uh, these bloody buffoons. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about some Albion, mate. Uh, nine signings, then I guess nine signings in the window. Um, I want to give you a grade. So it's half terms coming up for the kids. Then Joe, 
half time's coming for the kids, so you know you're taking your report back. Um, you transfer summer transfer window report. Button keeper. Ivanovic, Gallagher, Kravinovic, Diangana, Pereira, Robinson, Grant. If you were told at the start of this season those players would be playing for Albion, all signed, sealed and delivered, but nobody else, but I mean nine, nine players is nine players, what grade would you give Albion's summer window? Um, so this is a difficult one to answer. I didn't know you were going to ask for a grade for me. From well, me. I can't, you see, if we, if we talk about things before and plan stuff, it doesn't seem... You know, it seems very contrived, very pre-planned. So there'll be there'll be curveballs in this podcast, mate. That's what I'm there to do to test you. So, my answer is going to be a bizarre one. Okay. The window grade is going to be A star. Nice. With the caveat of I wish they'd signed another fullback. And you'll be okay. like, how how can I how can you give an A star if you've signed, if you need to sign another fullback? And the reason is is because that. Um, Albion had twenty million pounds to spend this summer. Yeah, um, twenty million quid. I mean, let's be honest. What does it get you, um, really, in this in this in this day and age? It gets you absolutely nothing. Um, sure, it's absolutely sort of remarkable, really, the business they've done. Um, look, I, it's. I mean, when you've got twenty million quid, you can't do everything. Is what I'm trying to say. That's what course, I'm trying to say. So, and you've got to obviously balance everything out, and you've got. To, one deal might lead to a different deal, and if you're going to buy this player for, if you can buy this player, for, for example, David Button, um, goalkeeper, costs five hundred k. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's a that's a great deal, and it, it meant that they could spend some more money elsewhere on a different player, maybe lead then get into Grady Dean Garner, for example, for twelve mm-hmm. for an initial twelve million pounds. If you spend three million on a backup goalkeeper, that would have impacted elsewhere in the team, elsewhere in in the budget, because three million is a, is a very big percentage of 20 million um so i think everyone i think for 20 million pounds i think luke dowling and slavin bilic couldn't really have built a better squad yeah for the money that they were given and the money that was made available to them for the money that was given and the money that was made available to them, they couldn't have done it but when you look at what they had to do with that money and, and nine players is a lot of players sure uh, that's not a quiet window is it nine no, players no, no. um we're saying we'd like a fullback, ideally a fullback that can play both sides. Um, we would, we would. There's no doubt about it. We would. Um, that was sort of the one area, but unfortunately, you can't do everything, um, and that's where that's that's probably the one. That's the, probably really the only area that's missing. Some people will say defensive midfielder as well, but I personally like Jake Livermore in the role. It's where he won his England caps um, when he was playing for Hull. Sam Field is in the squad, so and he's he's got a lot of promise. Sam Field, so he can sort of be that backup to Jake Livermore if you like, and learn from him over the over the course of this season, which I think would be really beneficial to him. So I just think. I personally don't think anyone else or any other club would have got the players they have got for twenty million pounds. Sure. Um, you look but at, at the, the same at the same time, Joe. If there was more money available, and we've talked about this before, but if there was more money available uh, by the owner, do you think that Slavin Bilic had a wish list where he could have really had a good go? Um, I mean, I'm not saying buying players for thirty, forty million quid. I'm not saying that at all. But you know. In the same breath that Wolves signed some cheaper Portuguese players before it all went a bit crazy, I'm sure Bilic had some other Croatians and Balkans that could have really, you know, really helped for an extra three, four, five million quid that probably he had to, knew he couldn't get. 
Yeah, that's well, that's absolutely the case. And we know that with basically the goalkeeper, Ivo Gribic, who he, he's sort of a big admirer of, um, and he's ended up going to Atletico Madrid, we think, for about four, four million, four point eight mm. million pounds. And Bilic would have really liked him. But the truth is, he would have come in and he would have competed with Sam Johnston um, for the number one jersey. Buttons come in. Look, he's coming as a number two, um, but he costs five hundred k. And yeah. if, if you've got a twenty million pound budget, can you spend four four million five million pounds on a goalkeeper who's potentially going to sit sure, on the bench? Sure. You just can't. So there is no doubt about it that Slavin had a list of targets and and and, and yeah, different targets to some of the players he brought in. I, I'm, I'm sure he would have loved maybe Shane Duffy ahead of Cedric Kipper at centre back, or there would have been other players out there, but. You can only do what you can do. Um, you can only do what you can afford to do. And we have said this a million times on the podcast. We live in a world where the, the difference between clubs who have got owners who are willing to invest their own money and, and splash the cash and the clubs who, who haven't got that is absolutely vast. Of course. Um, and it got, it's got even bigger because of coronavirus. And Albion had their budget. It's the money that they've made, essentially. It's very much a self-sufficient club. Gouch and Lyon, the owners, putting absolutely nothing in. So... They had their budget and they had to do the best they can of it. And I think you've got to say what they have done is remarkable. I think Grady Dean Garner for £12 million is an absolute steal. Absolute steal. We know it can rise to £18 million, but but the fee is, is £12 million. The £18 million is with add-ons. Um, and it'll be all sorts of things. Goals, survival, um, appearances, England caps, blah, 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 blah. So there's a long way to go to that £18 million. There really is. The, the, the fee is essentially £12 million for Grady. Um other, other, other deals are sort of bargains, really. Vandovic on a free, Gallagher on a free. Really good business for Philip Kravinovic, I think, because Benfica at the start of the window were absolutely determined. They wanted to buy, wanted to sell him um, for a fee, which I understand was more than the £8.25 million Albion have paid for Mateus Pereira, which is an awful lot of cash, but Albion have negotiated it down. I think it's a 400k, 500k loan fee mm-hmm. um, for, for Kravinovic. Gallagher's costing pennies. Um, and then you've got Carlin Grant, which... It's, I mean, it, I mean, we've effectively bought him on higher purchase. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's absolutely remarkable, um, the deal they've got done. And I think very, very easily you could have looked at this. You could have, if you didn't know what Albion had spent um, this summer, if you were completely new to it and, and you looked at their squad, like say, if you, if you said to players, if you said to everyone, actually, if you went three months ago, if you could magically show everyone Albion's squad now. Yeah. And you said to them, how much have they spent on that squad? I think the, the the estimates would be around £40 million. Pounds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and OK, they've committed to spending in the region of that, potentially, with the add-ons and, and, and how much these payments are going to be spread out. But I don't think anyone, being honest, hand on heart, can think they would have done a better job um, than getting in that group of players. Nine sign-ins um, for £20 million. Pounds, um, and three of those players are Mateus Pereira, Carlin Grant and Grady Diangana. I think that's phenomenal. I agree, and I, and I think the business has been good, and it's been astute. I think that's the main, that's the word that I want to describe it. I think that, you know, these players have got on long term deals, a lot of them, and uh, they're going to be worth plenty of money. Um, sell on if they if they do decide to sell them, you know, in the future. But what I think, Joe, and I think this is the most important thing to take away from this window is, in seventy days time or sixty eight days time, whatever it may be, January opens up again. There's a very short window. Now, these games between now and January, if Albion 
are right in it. If they haven't dropped off, if they're not, if the if the if the first, if the bottom, second bottom, and you know the gap's big between them and fourth and bottom and fifth and bottom, then then they might have to reevaluate. But if if Slavin Bilic can get this squad playing, can get the, some wins on the board, and get them right in that hunt. Of, of surviving this season. We all know 17th is... Would, 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 everyone would take 17th now. But if they can give themselves a really fighting chance of survival, and it's getting to January, Lyre's got to... And, and if Bilic has got two or three or four times, they've got to, got to, got to keep on going and push that button. And if they don't, then I'm sorry, that's an absolute disgrace from the owner. An absolute disgrace. Because if you're going to... If you want to sell a club, if you want to sell the club in the future... You're going to sell the club in your Premier League team or your Championship team. You've got to back your manager. And of course they want to be in the Premier League going forward. Of course they want this money. And I think that's the main thing now. If Bilic can get this team playing and can try and, you know, sort move a couple of these draws into wins and, and be, you know, 15th, 16th, 17th come January, then if the, if the right person comes available, then they've got to push the button. And if they don't, then it just shows the ambition for me. Well, I think that's... Uh, I don't. I mean, look. From what I've, we spoke about, it sort of a few times on the podcast. I don't. I don't think Gouch and Lie is um, as crazy as it sounds. A rich man. Um, I think he's got an awful lot of assets. I think he's got an awful lot of businesses that turn over an awful lot of money. But in terms of the money he has got in in his account, his personal wealth, I don't think he has got the cash. Well, he certainly what cash he has got, he isn't willing to invest it in Albion. Um, so. The ambition question is sort of twofold, really. Is Slaven Bilic ambitious? Yes, he absolutely is. Is Luke Dowling ambitious? Yes, he absolutely is. Is Albion's board ambitious? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, but is the owner? And I don't know. Do you know what? You can actually say the owner might be really, really ambitious. There's a big difference between can't invest and won't invest. You can't do it on a shoestring, though, Joe. You've got to you've got to put your money where your mouth is at some point. What what you don't want is to is to go is, is to it not happen. You go down with a whimper, and then all of a sudden, okay, well we've got all these players, so we should come straight back up. But then but then players, you know, teams are going to come in for for uh, Pereira and and Diangana and these kind of players. Of course, they're going to you know you're going to reject twenty five million pound for Pereira when you bought him for eight. You're going to reject twenty twenty million quid, twenty two million quid for Diangana. You know. And, and then if they sell them, then it's just going to be a horrible situation. So what I'm saying to you is that I just hope that they really push the button and, and give Bleach the support and, and the hierarchy the, the support of these people who are doing the work day in, day out, and the fans most importantly, because I, you you really want to give this good season. I think Albion can stay up this season, I really do. But I still think, like you say, they probably need one or two additions come January if they're still in the hunt. Yeah, I agree. And I do agree with that. And there's... The big thing Albion fans have to get their head around is this separation between the owner and the board. Yeah. Um, they, they are basically two completely separate things. That sure. The board is essentially the people who have been at the football club for a very long time. And they 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 have been at the club a very long time. A lot of them there under Jeremy Pease. It was people like Mark Jenkins before he left. Gouch and Lai has come in um, as owner. He's an absent owner. Um, we know he's got the CEO now, Ken, um, who... Basically, from what I understand, all his communication with Albion, it goes through Keller. From what I understand, Lai doesn't even speak to Billich. Um, so this is a, it's a very, very unique situation. Um, and I think, one, like I've said before, I think, it's, I think it's, it's become a marriage of inconvenience. I think Lai would love to sell. I think Albion, Albion's board would probably <laughs> love him to sell as well. Um, yeah. But there's not many people with £200 million willing to splash it on a football club. Um 
in a global pandemic. So, Express the Star owners? Can oh, yeah, know? yeah. Newspapers, yeah. that's the future. That's definitely, <laughs> definitely the future. Print, print newspapers, mate, <laughs> are the future. Uh, one person I wanted to speak to you about, well, I mean, you talk about it's quite a deadline day, but we all knew that it was, October the 16th was the day where things were going to start happening, and they did. Uh, crazy, I say crazy day, crazy last few minutes. Uh, Talk to me about the outgoings first, and then and then we'll talk to talk to you talk to you about Grzycki and the situation there because obviously that's happened with the with Albion naming their Premier League squad. Or you can do it any way you want. Do you want to go reverse? Do you want to go? Do you want to go with the people who actually left the club? Um, I think there's only one departure, isn't there? Kind of so yeah. Way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, to me, he's the one transfer last summer that basically didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, the big massive success in the transfer market last summer. There's no doubt about it. Um, every, everyone was brilliant, really. When you look at the players they brought in: Pereira, Dean Garner, um, Callum Robinson, um, Kravinovic. They did. Um, they did really, really well. Um, Darnell Furlong remained Sawyer's. It, it really was a very successful window, sort of that summer. The the one that didn't work out is the People also debate Charlie Austin. Um, Based on the fact that he's he's been completely frozen out now, and he didn't, and obviously he played second fiddle to Robson Carney for a lot of last yeah. season. I've said it a million times before on this podcast. I personally, without without Charlie Austin's goals, I don't think Albion would have gone up. Um, so the four million they paid for him, to me, it, it that's that transfer was also a success. Um, Zahor, the fee is eight million. We were told Albion paid for him. That that was. It was never eight million pounds. It was, it was potentially worth eight million pounds, um, okay. but it was a but it was a substantial transfer. Yeah, um, of course. And yeah, it just doesn't work for him. It just hasn't worked for him. Um, he just hasn't got the minutes, basically, for for two reasons really. One being that Hal Robson Carnu almost had the season of his life last year. Um, he really was excellent. Austin was the, was the first reserve um, for him and scored goals. A lot of the times he played, and then Zahor just Bilic plays one up front, and Zahor was the third choice striker um, for a team that plays one up front. He barely featured. He had a couple of games. He did okay when he played. Quinn was seeing them at Charlton. He scored. He, he had a half decent game, um, but it didn't work out. And that's sort of the one disappointment from last summer's window. He's obviously gone to Millwall on loan, who are flying. Mm. Um, as to be said, Gary Rowett been in charge a year there, um, and he's done a really, really good job. Um, it's interesting it's only a loan to January um, which you don't see that often anymore no you don't no Um, I'm not quite sure why that is actually but I think he'll go down and score goals look Millwall are a physical side Rowett's a physical manager Um, Zahor with a great respect, he's he's he is a bit a bit bit of a lump of a target man, really. Yeah, There's no, yeah. he, he just is, and but he puts the ball in the back of the net, and I think if you play to his strengths, he'll do all right. Um, <clears throat> so okay. he's That's gone. Fine. Yeah. That's fine. But talk to me about Krzyzewski because I, I I don't get and and look, I'm not I'm not watching Albion all the time. I'm not you know I'm I'm not at the games with you, but I really like Krzyzewski and and you know I liked him. I liked him at Hull. I'm from Hull, so I know him very well. Watched him a lot of times when he when he was at Hull. Um, loved the sign. He thought it was a cracking bit of business, and I'm just, I'm just surprised that he hasn't featured in the plans, at least on the bench, because um, I think it gives Albion something a little bit different. So the fact that you know he, he was being touted around and they were looking to to, to to ship him didn't happen, and now he's out of the Premier League squad. I just, I don't know what what what's gone wrong. Was he took a hat trick in, in the international break? Bless him. Yeah, and I kind of hoped that hat trick was going to sort of kickstart his sort of Albion career, really, because. 
we obviously had the link with Forrest, a bizarre move initially. Like this was ten days ago, two weeks ago now. Where I can't is it? I can't remember who the Forest owner is. It Olympiacos they own as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And they were gonna. I think probably to get around some sort of financial fair play loophole, I'm not sure, but they were basically going to send send him, buy him for Olympiacos, but loan him to Forest. Okay. Um, and that all collapsed. Um, and uh, I put a tweet out to say, Kamal Krizicki's move has collapsed. And he replied and he put like a, a blue heart and like a muscle emoji. And he, he if by all accounts, even as we speak in today, like he, he wants to stay. Yeah. Um, he wants to but be why, Albion. Why, so why is he not good enough? Do you feel he's not good enough? It's a strange one for me. It's that he's rapid. He's absolutely rapid. He is so quick. Um, he's got blistering pace. He's not. It's not even like you see quick players. He's quicker than them. He, he, like obviously Wolves have got Adam Adam Traore. Yeah. He, he might not be that quick, but he's not far off. I mean, he really is. Um, he really is rapid. Um, the, the issue with Grzycki personally, well, I think, is is, is technically um, he gets himself in dangerous positions, but too too many times the the, the cross or the final pass is just not there. Okay. Um, and that's the sort of the frustration, the frustrating thing with him, really, because his pace—it doesn't matter. His pace gets him in, just gets him into those areas every single week. It, yeah. he, he will get there. He will get there. He will get there. He will get there. Um, you got to give him a chance, though. You, well, how, are you, how are you going to know if you don't give him a chance? I'm with you. I, I, I really hope he stays. Um, but he's not in the squad. He's not in the Premier League squad until January. We're not going to see him, are you? He hasn't been named in it. Ah, uh, yeah, but uh, this is what if you just like Luke Hatfield, you are. You always spoil my stories. Oh, sorry. Um, on, sorry. So we're ch- I'm chasing this up today, basically. But I mean, I'll probably get an answer later on. But from what the Premier League squads, they aren't there to hinder p- players playing. Do you know what I mean? They're, 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 so they don't want the last thing anyone wants is Grzycki having to like basically kick his heels till January because of yeah. an administration issue. It's not fair. Yeah. It's not, no one wants that. No one's going to be petty enough to say, oh, well, that form was submitted 20, 21 seconds too late, Camille, so sure. now you can't play for anyone. Sure. Um, so we are expecting him to go to Forest, but if he doesn't, I, I, I think Albion will hope we'll sort of approach the, the FA and the Premier League and say, can we, can we add Camille to our squad? Um, because we're paying him X amount of money a week, mm-hmm. he wants to play football. We can't not let him play. Not can't not have him involved just because of an administration error. So I don't know what the answer is going to be to that. The, so watch this space. So watch this space. But I'm hopefully getting it this afternoon. So it might be in the, it might be in the Express and Star tomorrow. You never know. Oh, love it. Plugging hell. Okay, Plugging great hell. stuff. Uh, right, uh, Joe. We've had a game. We've had a game. We've had, right, we've had you're a moving game. on quick. You are. Go on. Go, go, go. Sorry, mate. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, we've had a game. Uh, we've we've had. A, We've had a clean sheet, which I think uh, is is most welcome after after um, shipping a fair few goals at the start of the season. Joe, a nil nil. Look, Burnley at home. I guess disappointing the result because you know you want to be winning those kind of games. Burnley are definitely there. I mean, you talk about nine coming in. I mean, Burnley didn't sign anyone at all. So you know when you think about them and as an established Premier League club, so you can look at it one or two ways, I guess. But. You think those are the games that, that Albion need to be winning, really? Uh, but at the same time, there were positives to come out of the game still. Yeah, and that's exactly what Bilic said um, afterwards. He said you couldn't not argue really that a draw was a fair result um, at full time. I mean, Albion had that wonderful chance where Nick Pope made. I mean, I've I've never seen Nick Pope play in the flesh, um, so I've seen him on TV and this that, and the other. I've got to be honest, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, I thought better, was, than, better than Pickford? Well, I'm a big Pickford fan, you see. Like, I've always oh, been a big okay. Pickford fan, but I mean, it is. It, oh, come on, mate. No, 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 no. He's gone now, surely. I shouldn't even mean the squad for me, but anyway. I've, um, unfortunately, yeah, I've, yeah. It's taken a lot for me to. I've tried to back Pickford as much as possible, but it is, it is definitely now a few, uh, a few mistakes too many, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed with Pope. Um, that triple save was amazing. And that's a huge chance for Albion. Um, um, to score and he had a couple mm-hmm. of others as well and then Burnley had their moments Wood hit the bar yeah. Ashley Barnes made force Johnson to a very good save so on the balance of play it was very very even um, and you couldn't argue a draw wasn't a fair result but like Blue said he was disappointed because that you, you can't not target that game as a win can you? No um, It's Burnley at home they, they hadn't had a point um, before that game um, and they were, yeah it's just it's not. It's not Chelsea, is it? It's not Leicester. No, it's not Everton. No. It's just with the greatest no. respect to them. Um, it is Burnley at home. So frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Awful lot of positives from the game. Um, there were. How do, you, how do you like Ivanovic? Oh mate, I thought he was absolutely fantastic. He's class, isn't he? He still got it, Ante. You know what I mean? You don't need to have all the pace in the world, especially where they're playing in. But goodness me, what a football brain! One or two little shaky moments where he got... But I think that was probably more match sharpness. Sure, the yeah. First Premier League game for about four years. So um, you can give him some sort of slack, slack. there. But, mm. I mean, the ball was like a magnet to his head. I mean, every time it went up in the air, he just headed it away. And it's, and what I really liked about him was he just didn't stop talking. And it wasn't... Yeah. The big thing for me was it wasn't just to the defenders. It was to the midfielders as well. Um, and I was thinking... Imagine if you're Conor Gallagher in that game. Like you're making your Premier League debut, you're on loan from Chelsea, and you've got Branislav Ivanovic behind you, and he's just <laughs> helping you through the game. He's just orchestrating you a little bit, telling you when you know, he was so many times he was saying pass, move, drive forward with the ball. He was just trying to conduct him a little bit, and I just thought, wow, Conor Gallagher at Chelsea would have grown up, wouldn't he, watching Ivanovic win the Absolutely. Champions League and yeah. the Premier League and this that, and the other, and then for him to be marshalled by him if you like um, and for everyone else as well I mean Connor surprised Ta- with Higazi got the nod um, I was I was a little bit but I, I think when you look at it when you look at it sort of sense of, when you analyse it which I didn't do before the game they are very very physical aren't they Burnley yeah, yeah. Um, very physical um, and they basically play play through wood wooden barns. Um, mm-hmm. They're a very big side. They knock it long. They're direct, and Agazi stands up to that very very well. Um, I think if it was say if it was the Southampton game, mm-hmm. and you're up against Che Adams and Danny Ings, yeah, I think Ajay would be in for Agazi. Okay, um, because of that mobility, because of that pace, because just I just think he would. Um, I, because well, I'm a huge Ajay fan. I think he's fantastic. So I think that was the issue there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ajay Ivanovic at Brighton. Okay. Uh, but I okay. thought Agazi did very did, did very well as well on the night. Um, Ivanovic and Agazi both, they sort of pretty much won that duel with Wooden Barnsley. At the end of the day, neither of them scored. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're tricky too to keep quiet. They really are. Yeah, they are. They work well together. Barnes just come back from injury, but Wood's prolific really. I mean, kind of doesn't really get the credit he deserves, I think, from... Uh, constantly scoring Premier League goals, so I thought that was a good result. At the other end, uh, how do you think it it went? Obviously, you know, uh, you know, no goals, but uh, how do you think Grant did and Conor Gallagher as well? Um, yeah, 
they all did okay. I mean, Grant was really unlucky with, with not really unlucky because it was offside, but it's a boot offside. I hate this. You know, for me, mm. that's onside. If you're if you're ninety five percent of your body is level, yeah, you're onside. I yeah. like I like the daylight rule when there had to be that little bit of daylight between sure. them. I think you can't be if you're a striker. You can't be if you look across the line and you you can't be looking to see if your toes off, can you? No, no. Um, so if you're physically in line, then. You're in line, really. So I think he he was really unfortunate to have that chalked off. Although obviously it had to be chalked off with the way the rules are now, and and the fact that we've got these little ridiculous lines that come up on the screen that show mm-hmm. that you're offside by like an inch. Um, yeah, he was. I thought he was okay. There was sort of one moment where I thought Pereira played a through ball, and he sort of hesitated a little bit, and then yeah. and then darted into the box. But what, what was encouraging for me was he still won the race. He hesitated, okay. but he still won the race and, and got his shot away. So I think, I mean, you've got to remember with Colin Grant, he's played such little football. Yeah. Um, so. And he can't be the answer. You, you've got to let, let him to bed in, don't you? I mean, obviously, you know, this week will be great for him to get on the training round with these players. I'm sure Bilic is absolutely delighted to actually have a full week after all these internationals and, and the games that he can really have a good go, especially with the, with the game being Monday night as well. I think that'll do them the world of good. But just getting used to your teammates, getting used to the runs, getting used to, to, to looking up and knowing where those players are, that, that, I think that's going to be absolutely crucial going forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, um, unfortunately with Grant, he's going to need like four games, isn't he? Four yeah. or five games. The training will be great, and it'll get. It'll, they'll get. I mean, they'll get him fit. It won't take him long to get fit. He has been training with Huddersfield. He's just been training on his own. So, it's just that sharpness, really, um, that is when we'll see the best of him. Which you get sort. Which you get four after three, four, five games. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think he's going to be a huge signing for Albion. I really, really do. I, um, I've, I've liked him for a long, long time. I saw him for Charlton a few times. I think he's a very, very good player. Um, Gallagher I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um, everything you want in a midfielder. Um, just tenacious. His energy, he's, he covers so much ground. He's good on the ball. He tackles. He, he works hard. Fa- absolutely fantastic. And obviously, Albion put Livermore into that sitting midfield position, which meant they lost his energy, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but Gall- but with Gallagher and Kravinovic in that midfield, they get that energy elsewhere, um, which I think is so important. So, that it's... it's, it's um, it's really, I think that those those three are, are going to be really bright for Albion, really going forward. I think you got the thing is it's, it's interesting watching these games because I've not been in the Premier, I've not been, I've not, I've never worked in the Premier League before, and I've spent a long time working in the football league. So you 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 see stuff from afar and you read, and obviously I've watched match today and stuff. But you, everyone knows Burnley are physical; they defend well, they're organised, blah 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 blah. But what actually watching them in person, you see that. You see that properly, if you like, for want of a, for want of a better expression. And yeah. you look at look at Burnley, and they were they were very much a four four two. They were big. They were big really boys. really big. Yeah. Um, and they were very very organised. Sort of in those sort of two banks of four. And you couldn't really pump balls forward. You couldn't really play long and play hopeful because they'll just win it. They just mm-hmm. they just win it at the back. So the only way you were going to score against them was, was was a bit of magic, but sort of moving the ball quickly and trying to sort of flick it round corners and and and, and Pereira and Diangana producing a bit of like brilliance really. Um, and it's very very hard to do. Um, and they tried. They kept plugging away Albion. They kept trying to keep the ball on the deck. And then they they sort of got that one real moment of magic when Dean Garner went past his man at the byline and hit. A, that it was. I mean, it was a fun. It should have been a goal. He did everything he possibly could. Um, 
it was just the brilliance of Pope which kept it out. Um, so I think Albion might be slightly disappointed going forward that they couldn't produce a little bit more quality. Um, yeah. Just a little bit more sort of sparkle, if you like. Um, but It'll happen, it'll click, it'll click. and it'll, Like I say, it will take a little bit of time. Now, whether Albion have got that time, I'm not too sure. But all it needs is one goal. You know what strikers are like as well. And I really like Carlin Grant. I thought he was very good when he... Uh, when Huddersfield bought him at the back end of that Premier League season when they went down scored a few goals um, under the radar really and uh, it's definitely something that uh, that I think if he, if he just gets one then I think all of a sudden you forget your match sharpness so it don't matter does it because you just need to be there right right, right place right time and of course you've got the likes of Pereira and Diangana supplying you how do you think how's, how's Diangana doing at this moment in time I, I really like him but I haven't seen too much of him this season um, is he is he started really well yeah for me he started really really well um I've said, I mean, I, I, I think he could play left back. He's so good defensively, um, yeah. absolutely ridiculously good defensively. But obviously, he's wonderful going forward. So, you play him further forward. But yeah, he's. I mean, the goal at Everton was absolutely sensational. Um, I think he's showing every single week he's a threat. Um, and I think if if he'd scored that goal against Burnley, obviously it's a big if. But I mean, it really was. He really was. It really was. You have to say a Pope. It was a fantastic save. He'd have two yeah. goals from five games. Um, and that'd be a flying start, really. So, he's, I mean, look, 12 million deal for him. I don't know what Albion have paid up front. I think it's something like six, and then the rest comes in instalments. But, I mean, for initial six million, or for what, even if it is 12 million in total, he's been, it's a fantastic deal. It really is. There's a lot of other good questions that I want to ask you, Joe, but the the the, uh, the Albion fans have kind of asked the same ones as well. So should we get on with some questionists before we before we preview Brighton? Yes, let's go for it. Okay, here we go. Local Baggies fan G WBA says, uh, "What do you think is a sensible price you'd have paid for the PP uh, the pay per view games? Uh, right now, it's about seven to eight hundred pounds a year for Sky, BT, and Amazon subscriptions, and even then, there's 170 pay per view games left over at fourteen pound ninety five each. I mean, I've got my own thoughts on it." I mean, asking people to pay 15 quid to watch to watch that on Monday night is an absolute joke. I'm not just talking about the game or what happened. I'm talking about just generally. It's it's farcical for me. It's such a shame because Albion fans are the ones that are missing out more than your big boys. Yeah, and my biggest... I don't know. I, don't, I haven't put an awful lot of thought into it, I've got to be honest. And I'm not... The fourteen ninety five. I don't. I don't like. I don't, I've got. I'm talking as a someone who has cancelled my Sky Sports subscription. Um, I don't pay for it anymore. I used to pay for it. I think it's vastly overpriced. Um, I, I just don't. I just don't think it's worth the money to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So, I've cancelled my Sky Sports subscription. I, I, I might be tempted to pay fourteen ninety five to watch one game. Um, if it was a complete one-off, um, but fifteen quid really. But I would not be. T- there was no way in a million years I'd pay it three times. Um, no. Which is the issue. Albion are in. They've got. They play Monday, Monday, Monday for three days in a row. 40, oh, Forty-five could be quid. a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I just think if they were going to look, there's there's a, there's obviously financial black holes in football, isn't there? The, the, because of COVID, that's why pay-per-views happen. Basically, they're trying to claw money back in um, I just think somehow they should have got themselves together and made sure it was only teams were only on once or once every three yeah. months or once every two or something like that so it wasn't you can't expect Albion fans to pay 45 quid to watch three games at home it's absolutely no. ridiculous um, absolutely ridiculous um, but go on what do you think about it 
No, I think it's a joke, mate. I think it's an absolute joke. I think they should be paying. I think five quid a game is is fine. I don't think I think fourteen ninety five is 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 absolutely ludicrous to be honest. And I think Bilic came out with a really good quote the other day saying, "Look, it's it's not it's not polo or it's not tennis. This is this is this is, this is you know a working class game. This is what fans should be accessible to watch this, especially especially in the current environment, the current pandemic, and 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 people getting laid off left, right, and centre, and furlough to ask people to pay fourteen pound ninety five on top of these subscriptions is is pathetic, and they've just completely done it. They've completely missed the point of what they should be doing. I, th- I think it's I think it's disgusting, really. I mean, put it this way, mate. You know, Luke was covering the game because he can't go to away games on air or home games at the moment uh, for for Albion, and we didn't even pay it as a company. You know, so if we're not paying it and we're we're getting paid to do it, you know, we, then then why why should why should the regular person? It's just crazy. It makes me so angry. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Fourteen ninety five well, is an awful lot. I don't know why they did it. Like, why there's so many dodgy streams all over the place. Now and get it for free. Why would you pay it? Well, that's. But, but, that's why I think they're like the forty ninety five. If they want to charge that, then you've got every right to go to a dodgy stream, haven't you? I think. I think you have, and you, you know, when you watch these games, it's not as if you're in the studio and you've got pundits and you've got you know some analysis. It's straight to the game. You know, you've got someone commentating, um, you know, voicing it, but that's it. You know, nothing at half time, nothing at full time, nothing before, no player interviews. It's literally the game, and that's it. I think I just see it as yeah. I got, my point earlier was if I could, if I'm someone who's gonna like. Watch Get every- Joe Massey on there presenting it. We'll watch it. I'll pay fifteen quid. I'll pay thirty quid. People tune in to watch your little uh, fan things, don't they? What are they? Little watch alongs. Watch alongs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder how much people would pay to watch that. Oh God, that's mental torture. That should be. Uh, I haven't watched one of Luke's yet. I keep meaning to, uh, but I want probably it. best. Probably best, mate. They're, they're not. They're not amazing watches unless you get a goal and it's pretty special. But the other eighty-five minutes in between, it's just like oh. Goodness, I think his first two were nil nils. It's hard. It's hard to be two hours on camera for nil nil, mate. I think if you're gonna watch every game, thirty-eight games a season. If you're if you're that person who watches every single game every yeah. season, which I would be, mm. um, and one of those games you had to pay fourteen ninety-five for, yeah, I could live with it once, but I couldn't live with it more than once. And I and I do think fourteen ninety-five is a lot. I think it should have been nine ninety-nine, and it should only happen oh, and then once. everything. Yeah, how's the daughter enjoying her baggies kit, mate? Is she is she loving it? Is she getting to getting to know the players? Is she is she an interest in a bit of football? She loves it. She loves it when Slaven Bilic pops up on uh, Sky Sports News. She knows Slaven. <laughs> She's like Slaven Bilic. She, she thinks he's daddy's <laughs> friend. Bless her. Absolutely super. Um, but she's also confused because her auntie and uncle support Villa, and keep getting her to shout up the Villa. Oh no! You can't do that. You can't have mixed signals like that. I know. Uh, so she has been walking oh, they're, around. They're, it. They've piped up. The piped up. Now they won a few games, have they? Oh yeah, it's like Luke Hatfield. Oh isn't it? right, yeah, okay, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So mm, sometimes she walks around the house in a baggies kit, shouting up the villa. So she's a little uh, bit confused. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> you can't. You can't teach her the word shit, then, can you? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, I boo okay, at her. I do when she shouts up the villa. I go boo. <laughs> 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 Pantomime in the Massey household. Okay, let's uh, let's crack on with some of these. Uh, Mike Campbell says, "Any news on Edwards? Seems to be getting better every game. He deserves more chances. Surely we don't have another Nathan Ferguson situation on our hands." Um, this will be the Kyle Edwards contract situation. Actually, um, I, I haven't I haven't checked in on that a long time. I mean, it is it's still quite early days, really, in a sense that they obviously triggered the extension towards the end of last season. So it's not we're not we're not m- miles away um, from that contract being triggered. Um, but I will look into it. Look, he's 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 um, Bilic loves him. 
uh, Bilic thinks he's got absolutely huge potential. Um, so I think Bilic would want to keep him. I do. Um, yeah, we'll, see, we'll have to see about that. See how talks go. I mean, it's, it's a bit. I think it's we're not quite in contract renewal stage, really. I'd say of the season. I think sort of talks will be starting, but I think it'll tend to. We have the window has just closed. You have got to remember, like a lot, a lot has sure. been going on. So, um, but yeah, there's something's definitely I'll have to like follow up on the next couple of weeks or two. Um, see how he's getting on. But yeah, he's. he's I mean. He's an absolutely smashing lad. Um, I spoke to him for his song that he had released, and he's a laugh a minute. He really is a laugh a minute, and you can tell that the players love him as well. He, he must be great in the dressing room, um, and he's obviously West Brom mad. So fingers crossed, he, he does stay. Awesome, beautifully baggy says. Uh, so we don't get Nathan Judah very often. My questions are for him and Joe Massey Star. Favorite signing of the window, Joe? Uh, if we're counting that, uh, Ivanovic. Well, I'm I'm like counting Dean Garner and Pereira and Robinson as like last season's crew and crew. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to say Pereira. You you signed, you signed a 30 million pound player for 8 million pound. I think he's unbelievable. He's one one for, for me. He's he's sensational. I just really hope that he's he's, he's at Baggy for a few years to come because uh, he's he's unbelievable. He is Brilliant unbelievable. But he was Brilliant. always going to sign. Like he was all that was always going to. I know, I know, but still, it's still, it's still great. It's just incredible to have that talent and that that brilliance. You know, at the Hawthorns, it, it's. Uh, it's superb. Most improved from last season. I know it's early. Oh, blimey. It is early for that. Most improved. Mm. Oh, God. Um... I'm going to say from what I've seen, Sam Johnston, I think he's uh, I think he's had a couple of decent displays. Uh, he's had some really good saves. Even the Everton game, I think he kept them in it. It was absolutely superb. Um, and probably with Button coming, he's probably you know given a little bit of that kick up the backside. He, he maybe needed to up his game. Otherwise, you know, he'd probably be out the side. Yeah, I think we'll have to go. I mean, I I thought Sam was good last season as well, but yeah, we'll have, he has been very good. He has been good, Johnston. I'm happy with that. Okay, uh, Albin News says, uh, how many games do you think we'll say keeper play this season? How many do you think we'll see him play? That's a very very good question. Vet and one's very very hard to answer. What I sort of looking into that transfer a little bit more. What I understand is they very much. Albion very much see, almost see him as a player for the future. Um, I think he is like 23 or whatever, but I think they're quite keen to have him sort of training with the first team now and, and, and sort of learning off, off Bilic and, and the players around him. And I think they see him... I think when they sign him, they have got one eye, is with one eye for the future. I don't know if I'd be absolutely... I don't know if I'd be shocked to see him go out on loan in January even. Okay. Um maybe secure a low move, play for six months. I've sort of half season training with Albion and sort of learning the ropes there and learning off these Premier League players and then going out on loan maybe to the Championship, having a good six months and then coming back to Albion. I don't know, something like that. I just think, I don't think he's going to feature a lot early on, but that doesn't mean to say I don't think he's got a big future at Albion Um, because I think he he probably has. Okay, great. Um, There's a few questions on formation here, Joe. I'm just trying to... um collectively put them all together uh, David Neal says uh, we look far better balanced with three in midfield and Sawyer's on the bench do you see 4-3-3 as the formation moving forward or Bilic to tinker each game at a time uh, Hamza Darby says since moving away from the 3-4-3 our goals have dried up do you think it's just a coincidence the formation or trying to shore up the defence I think it's shore up the defence but yeah it's fine and uh, someone else I can't remember I can't, I can't find this one it was a really good question but basically he wanted to know whether Diangana could play up top uh, with Grant with Pereira just in behind would 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 be something that they might look at. Oh, that's interesting actually because I w- I quite like that. I liked that. I had that thought 
you know when obviously we didn't know what situation we didn't know if Colin Grant was going to sign and we didn't know if Colin Robinson was going to be able to play um, yeah. against Burnley because he had to isolate um, and I thought Grady through the middle would be I'd love to see it you know I'd just love to see I it I would I would I like it yeah um, and it's a bit in vogue at the minute isn't it you get those stro- Antonio's a winger but playing up front for West Ham isn't he mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. then we had that spell like Richarlison at Everton where he was playing through the middle and I think Grady could do a real job there you know um, I but I think it's an, I think it's an option um, certainly an option um, but the 4 3 I, I I think I think like a lot of people, everyone was crying out for four three three. To be honest, I think every, yeah. I think a lot of people could see that that was that was sort of the system that suited the squad. I think we saw it last season. Look, the vast majority of games, Billich played four two three one, and the vast majority of those games, Albion were sensational, and they were in that system for a very long time. But I think they got found out really, sort of around February time. Um, well, before that, sorry, January, sort of December, January. That's. We got, I think they got found out a little bit in that system. That's when they switched to four three three. In the Premier League, it's a different ball game. I think you need you need three midfielders in the middle of the park. Um, personally, um, I have to say Southampton played four four two and did it very very well. Um, but I like to have the extra man in there. I think the vast majority of people listening to this podcast are the same. They see four three three as the way to go. I think it's the, the what Billich would use primarily going forward. I think we will see the three four three still. Um, against probably the bigger teams like, like the Chelsea game where Albion essentially looking to smash and grab um, catch teams on the break and um, and sort of defend deep like try and frustrate the opposition as, as much as possible and hit them on the break so I think we'll see them both but for me for for being positive for being progressive for playing on the front foot for more performances like the Burnley one which was the first time this season Albion have seen more of the ball Um I think they need to play four three three. The question about three four three and the goals drying up, I think it's just a it's just a, it's just a coincidence, really, um, because really you've got less defenders on the pitch in a four three three. You still got the same mm-hmm. front three in both systems. It's still whoever Grant slash Robinson and then Pereira on the right and Dean Garner on the left. So you have still got the same attacking threat, really. I just think. Albion had an absolute shocker at Southampton. There's no other way to say it. They were just dreadful. Um, And then Burnley defended very, very well. Um, And then when Albion did get through, they met a goalkeeper who had a a very good goalkeeper who had a very good day. Um, So I think, personally, I expect them to be 4-3-3 at Brighton and against Fulham. But you never know with Slavendio. He mixes it up. You do not know, uh, but that's good. To, you know, you've, you've got to mix it from time to time. You can't be predictable. That's one thing you can't be in the Premier League. Uh, right, three or four left before we go on to Brighton, Joe. Uh, so quick answers, please. Max Gormley says, when do you think we'll get a chance to see the third kit in action? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why people buy it. I feel really bad for people who buy it. They, they played in that purple kit once last season. Um, I feel so bad for people who buy it. I feel, why do clubs even do third kits? Well, you know why they do the third kit. Fun money, yeah, but oh. of course it is. Yeah, there's only one reason. I'm sorry if you've bought it. I really am. I hope you like it. But I just, I don't know why people buy it. I just people love a novelty value. You used to buy kits, mate. You used to buy kits all the day, all the time, home away. Loved it. I remember when I was little. You used to bring out a kit every two seasons. Two seasons, really? Yeah. Bloody hell! And you're older than me. I am, yeah. So it must have been before my time. Yeah, you buy a kit and it would last you two seasons. 
Really? Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, you wouldn't wear a foot. Would you wear a football shirt now? You'd wear an England shirt, wouldn't you? You've seen. I've seen you in England shirt and you stag do. Yeah, yeah. That's because we were everyone. Dr- I I wasn't <laughs> in an English shirt. Actually, I was in a Russian shirt. Oh, you in a Russian shirt? They gave you a Russian shirt in the England. Yeah. Um, oh, everyone of my mates. So it was England and Russia. It was in. We went to Paris for my stag do. It was when the Euros were on. <laughs> And it was England, Russia tell them, tell that what, night. Tell them what they did to you. And my, all my mates went out dressed in an England kit and I was dressed in the Russian kit with one of those silly hats on. In the middle of the fan zone in the square. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thought I was, everyone thought I was the one Russian fan in the, in the fan part, which was <laughs> hilarious, I can tell you. When you have like, at one stage, about 300 England fans turned around and started singing abuse at me. <laughs> what a day. That's absolutely what a, super. What a day. What a day. <laughs> Good memories, mate. Good memories. Um, obviously questions about Grzycki so we've kind of touched on that uh, some people asking about Louis Barry uh, Barcelona have you touched on that before Joe is that one that we keep on answering uh, well it's just that the latest is there is no latest I haven't checked for about six, seven, eight weeks to be honest um, but when I checked then they still haven't paid um, look uh, the trouble is that there's Albion are about 15th they might be even lower than 15th in the list of people that Barcelona owe money to Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I will ask again. I will ask again. But yeah, as as last I'd known, um, that they haven't paid the money. And to be honest, I've asked so many times. I'd like to think Albion would tell me when they do when they do finally get the money. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. It's absolutely ridiculous. Why anyone Stephen, sells a player to Barcelona? I do not know. By the way, you're not getting paid. No, you're not getting paid. No. Don't sell your player no. to them. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Stefan Grifford says, uh, has a date for the Ferguson Tribunal been set yet? No, and this is this is important, really, um, just based on Albion's model, because we know they're self-sufficient, we know they can spend mm. what they earn, um, and the January window will be with us before we know it. Um, and like you said earlier, like hopefully that they're going to be in, in that sort of bracket of, I mean... They might. Who knows where they're going to be? But, but let's. We thoroughly expect them to be in a relegation battle, don't we, all season? But if they're yeah. if they're in that position where they're sort of right in the Got mix, a chance. yeah. Um, if they get six, seven, eight million pounds for Nathan Ferguson, then that money could go a long way. So the problem is, you look at tribunals in the past, and they've taken absolutely ages. I think the Danny Ings one for Liverpool Southampton was ten months. Mm. Um, so I'm sure Albion will be pressing and pressing and pressing to get it done as soon as possible um, I know Palace have made a couple of bids to try and prevent it going to a tribunal um, that Albion has sort of left away um, so maybe maybe that's something Albion can look at as well maybe maybe it won't go to a tribunal maybe they'll come to an agreement um, because you would imagine that Albion want that money for January Um because they had, like we said at the start, they had twenty million this window, and they've spent it very, very well. But they, but they have spent it. Excellent, Joe. Thank you very much. Um, it's uh, it's competition time. Oh. When I'm on the show, it's got to be competition time. This is do you where not do Luke competition Hatfield every week now? Lets us down, mate. He lets us down, Luke Hatfield. No competition. I mean, honestly, and this is for people who can remember that far back. The last time we did that last season, we had not only a competition winner. We got he we, he won two VIP tickets to a game of his choice at the Baggies corporate tickets. Yeah. So it won. So it's not like it's not like it's impossible. People won it. Um, it was Mark Colley. Unfortunately for Mark, um, it was the whole City game he chose, and COVID happened, and it all got cancelled. But I've been in touch with Mark. Been in touch over the pandemic, and even about about a couple of weeks back again. Uh, and Mark, you will get your whenever. 
The fans are allowed back in and the corporates are allowed back in. Albion have assured me that you will be one of the first names on the list and you will with a partner. I think your son was going to come with you. Uh, you're both going to go. You're both going to get wined and dined and we'll come and say hello um, as and when the fans come back. So in that in that mix, mate, let's have another competition. Oh, that's good. So he's going to get his prize. It's just He's going to get his prize. Brilliant. He's going to get his prize. He's going to have to wait for a little bit. And you know, Mark works for the NHS as well, so couldn't think of any anyone more deserving to get that, uh, that special something. I've been I've been having a look, Joe, and uh, I've been having a look on the old on the old Albion shop, and there's a lovely a lovely stadium jacket, Puma 2021, uh, 65 quid. You, you've got it in um, they've got it in navy, they've got it in in, a, in kind of like a baby blue as well. But there's some there's some gorgeous stuff, the training tops, there's some shirts. So I'm giving anyone who wins this week, Joe, the opportunity opportunity to purchase anything from the Albion shop for let's say. Let's give them seventy quid or less. Seventy quid or less. So you can pretty much buy anything that you want. Can you buy two you buy items a new shirt. totaling that value. Pardon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll we'll let they can choose and we'll buy it for them. How's that? Love that. Okay. So all they need to do, all they need to do, is there's one thing and one thing only. Just name the first goal scorer in the game on Monday night. There's no correct score. There's no scorecast. All you need is the first goal score on Monday night. If you retweet when Joe puts this podcast out. This afternoon, or if there's another tweet, doesn't matter. You can you can have multiple entries. Just retweet Joe. Your name will automatically be on there, and we'll let you know before kickoff who's got a chance of winning this special prize. It's just a retweet. There's no there's no you don't have to follow this or or do that or spend this or call up that. Just a retweet, and you've got you could have seventy quid coming your way, full of Albion merchandise to just before Christmas. So very welcome. So Joe, who is going to be the first goal scorer? On Monday night, just that, you can have anyone, mate. Just out of interest, anyone. can you remember who I said when we won? When the oh no, I can't. That's a, I can't remember either. Ah, uh, can't. I can't. Uh, uh, I can't, mate. Can you remember? What was it? Can you remember when we went? I was covering Warsaw. And we went to Warsaw Barnsley, and I had Jack Fitzwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 40 to one. Forty to one, and he missed an absolute. He missed a, literally two yards out. <laughs> And he missed. Open goal. And he missed. I was disgusted. I had 15 quid on him that day. That, obviously, like, when we, mate, when we, that sounds bad. Like, we're saying, it sounds like we missed, he missed a set of blah, blah, blah. It sounds bad, whatever. To put it into perspective how bad the miss was, Sky oh. Sports put a, made a clip of it and put it on their main page for, for a couple of days. And you could just watch Jack Fitzwater's miss. I mean, that never happens. No. For a player playing for Walsall in like if it must have been League One, the fact they were willing to like put on their website his miss, how substantial a miss it was. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I tell you, I'll give, I'll give you the hard look story from the weekend on Monday night because I was at Leeds at Monday night when Albion played uh, doing the Wolves game, and uh, I, I text my mate earlier on in the day. I'm like, mate, if you've got a, de- a daft quid, then you know what I would do? I'd do a one pound double. On both games to finish nil-nil. I thought, that's a decent chance, that. So he's like, oh, for a quid, yeah, I'm in, mate. So obviously, I, I had a bet. Now, I, I bet more than a pound. So I had 15 quid on this double, nil-nil and nil-nil. Uh, first game, as you know, Albion finished nil-nil. Second game, this paid out £1,700 for 15 quid. Oh, my God. Half time, it's offering me four, no, 360 quid. I'm like, for, for, that, for that amount of money, I can't take that. So we got into the 70th minute and it's offering me 690 quid and my finger, I kid you not, is over the button. And I text my mate who's, who, who bets a lot. I'm like, I'm close to taking this now. I know it's like you know half the money almost, but 
for 700 quid and then literally the next attack Wolf scored and I could not have vomited more in my mouth could you not did you try and click it anyway not afterwards no because I well yeah until it was like stopped and there was like there was no chance but as soon as the goal went in but the they had a goal to disallow Wolves as well so it got to offer VAR that should be my warning there just take the money mate yeah that's your greedy. warning Greedy, so yeah, that, it is what it is. But yeah, okay. So, so first goal score then, Joe, to win this money. Um, I know, I know, it's going to be. Go, oh, I like this. I like this confidence. Confident. Go on, son. It's going to be Grady Dean Garner. Oh, I love that. So I don't take him out of my fancy team because he's been in it. So I keep him in. Grady Dean Garner, first goal of the night against the runner play. The break on the attack. Pereira across Dean Garner, fifteen yards, curls it bottom right hand corner. Everyone goes mental. Yeah. Okay, love it. Fantastic. So all you do, like I say, is retweet Joe and uh, you will be in the draw and we'll let you know who is the lucky winner. Okay, um, I've got a little surprise for you. We're going on a little bit today, but you know, I don't get I I don't get a lot of uh, a lot of chance to do this uh, podcast, so I thought we'd uh, I'd indulge you with it a little bit more, especially when it's Monday night, so you might have a little bit more time on your hands. Uh, we spoke to uh, Aidy from uh, Albion Raw. Of course it's Albion versus Albion on Monday night, but this is the Brighton Hove Albion expert. So he gave us a 10-minute chat uh, about Brighton this season and what we can expect uh, ahead of Monday night. So this is the chat with AD coming up now. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by AD from Albion Raw. Uh, AD, great, great to hear from you again. Great to, great to speak to you. Uh, let's, let's get straight into it, mate. Brighton, 16th in the table, uh, four points from five games, but doesn't really tell the whole story, does it? Not even close. Um, it, it's... Basically, it's a carbon copy of where we were at last year, really. Um, performances have been great. We've been getting lots of plaudits. And we're saying, oh, look at this amazing style of football that Brighton are playing. Um, but the bottom line is um, putting the ball in the back of the net. If you don't do that, you don't win many football matches. And unfortunately, battering sides um, and not actually getting the plaudits, uh, getting the, uh, the results that uh, the performances have deserved. Of course, there's been a bit of bad luck along the way. Um, the game at home to Manchester United was an absolute farce. Yeah, it was crazy, uh, crazy game. I remember, remember it well. Uh, you, you should have tried. You should have probably been there. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was not. It wasn't an awful lot of fun. I mean, I was actually where I was actually sat. I was. Um, I was in the press box at the Amex. Is just behind the, the dugout. dugout. I yeah. Actually, I was actually two about two meters away from from. Uh, from Solskjaer and the United bench and I was just hearing what was going on there and even they were trying to work out exactly where the ref had got the extra five minutes from because Solly March equalised with the last kick of the game ball goes up for five minutes Man United equalised ten minutes later um, it's you know we, there was only 20 seconds left on, on the clock when Solly equalised it was just an absolute farce um, and the fact that they um they got their penalty after the final whistle. I mean, we're not arguing about the decision. I mean, it was a handball, so um, it's just it's just the way it, it transcribed. And then we, you know, Leandro Trossard in that game again. This is this is um, our season in microcosm. He got the perfect hack trick: left post, right post, crossbar. <laughs> um, it was so that was frustrating. But again, against Chelsea, we had we we we, we should have got something out of that game. Um, Crystal Palace on Sunday, we absolutely battered them. Um, they get given an incredibly moody penalty. I mean, I, I thought for a penalty to be awarded, there had to be some sort of like infringement to the rules, like a foul, for instance. 
Well, um, I'm still looking for it. I'm not saying uh, any any fair. At the end of the day, you know, if that was anywhere else on the pitch, you wouldn't have been given. So why is it a penalty? If it, if it's, um, I, sen- I sense, I sense, I sense some frustration, AD, on on the way things have gone so far. I tell you what, is so frustrating because we're playing so well, and we're creating so many amazing chances to, to get ourselves moving, and you know, I mean, we, we got the result at Newcastle, which uh, it was a great performance, and we we're actually a little bit more ruthless in that game. But we've got to, we've just got to put the ball in the back of the net more often to win football matches. But that's that's the, that's how that's just. <laughs> And uh, absolutely, and, and look, Graham, Graham Potter's had had time now. Obviously, he's been in charge. You know, he was, he was in charge last season. The it's tr- transitional phase, a, a transitional, I think, season for you. But he's he's getting he's getting the right plays in the right positions, and the style and, and the way that you're playing football is is really attractive, isn't it? And and fans must yeah. be happy, whether or the fan, you know, the fans from from yeah. home, but. I mean, we're happy. We're happy with the performances, but mm-hmm. we do, it's again, it's just the results, and um, it, it, there's only there's only so much you can just say it's bad luck, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think last time I spoke to you, we were talking about um, yeah, it's very dangerous to have a, a season of transition in, in the top flight, mm-hmm. but um, we managed to do that, and we got ourselves over the line quite comfortably in the end. Um, but <laughs> but one thing that that um, is with Graham Potter is the fact that he is a coach. Um, you know, there, there was a brilliant comment from him in one of the press conferences um, where, when he was asked about, um, "Are we getting this? Where's, where are we getting this striker? Why haven't we signed this new striker? Where's this? Where's our striker?" And he's like, "Well, whatever happened to coaching players to make them better?" Great um, shout, yeah. And uh, and improve, and that's what he has been doing, and he has made the players better. Um, he, he has coached them very well. The style, the style of play is very, very um, easy on the eye, and there's a pathway for 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 our youngsters as well, um, and that is um, going to save us a lot of money, hopefully, um, over the next few years. But we have we've, ne- we've now actually signed um, a striker who we think could help us, and it's a big signing for us. Um, you know, I mean, Danny Welbeck, uh, he's just come in. He's still only 29. Uh, he's still got ambitions to get himself back into um, the England setup. although that's probably going to be incredibly difficult for him with the players that are currently ahead of him at the moment. But, you know, but if he can show the form that got him into the England setup in the first place, um, you know, he, he's hungry for it. He's, 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 he's fit at the moment. I mean, we all know he's made of glass, but he is currently... Um, he is fit and raring to go and a fit and hungry Danny Welbeck in, in a side that creates the chances that we do it could be it could be absolutely what uh, the final piece of the jigsaw for us and um, you know and if, if Danny Welbeck goes to, to the Euros um, if it's on uh, next summer then basically it means that we've finished a long way up the table because he's been scoring all the goals So who were the fresh faces then you say Danny Welbeck of course Adam Lallana was brought in what, what do you what do you think of the summer business that you, that, that Brighton did? Um, we, well we haven't spent any money that's, 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 that's the main crux of it all um, we've got Lallana on a free um, and you know he's He's, I mean, the, the abuse that he was giving the officials as he was going down the touchline at Man United game was just wonderful to see from a, from a Brighton fan's <laughs> perspective because it meant something to him. He wanted it, and he wants to be here. And he's um, he's he's another. You know, you want there's there's uh, the old cliche. You want eleven captains on the pitch, don't you? But I mean, he's he's certainly 
one one of those. He's very vocal, um, and, and and it's a massive signing for us. And it was a statement of intent going into the season. Um, so we didn't pay anything for him. We picked up um, Joel Veltman from Ajax, who uh, Dutch international um, played um, on the, in, in the Ajax team that got to the Champions League semi-finals. Um, he's uh, a partner of uh, Virgil van Dijk in the Dutch national team, and we picked him up for nine hundred grand, um, which is it's decent, uh, decent value. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, basically, he, he, we got a, a twenty million quid player for, for nine hundred grand because it, we we knew that there was a clause in his contract. Um, so I mean, so that was again good business. Uh, a guy called Andy Zakiri's come in from uh, from Lausanne. Uh, but we don't really know too much about him at the moment. Um, he he has. We, we sign an awful lot of players that go into um, into the academy or get loaned back out to, to the clubs we signed them from. Uh, a couple of Polish guys we just signed um, who've been tearing it up for, for their national team. Actually, uh, they're only 18, 19, 20, and uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll, they might come back in. But you know, it's. There's the players we brought in last season as well that are betting in, like Alexis McAllister, um, who's a player who's very, very, very highly rated. Um, he's an Argentinian with a Scottish name, um, and uh, but you know he, we we signed him uh, from Argentinos, uh, but because of work permit issues, we had to loan him back out again. So he went on loan to uh, Boca, um, and he got himself into the Argentina. Uh, First team, um, and uh, and uh, <clears throat> playing alongside Messi et al, and uh, which which is great. I mean, it, it's brilliant. So we've actually signed an Argentinian international. Fantastic. Um, by the time he by the time he actually came back to us, and uh, but yeah, he's he got the equaliser on Sunday, um, and he showed the rest of the team how to do it. You have to take it first time. You can't just dawdle and like try and get it onto onto a different foot. If the opportunity's there, you've got to take it. And look, Monday night, AD, um, you know, a game that I'm sure a lot of Brighton fans will be hoping or expecting that that, that get uh, get the second win of the season. As you know, Albion is still searching for their their first win of the of the Premier League campaign. For, from your point of view, from what you've seen from Albion so far, been a difficult start, um, and of course, survival is is the only aim for them. Who do you think are the players to watch out for? Who who has impressed you so far from um, from them? Um, to be honest, I, I haven't really paid an awful lot of attention to the other Albion, to be honest. But uh, um, I mean, Theo Robinson, someone that, who's, who's impressive. But you know, the, 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 it's, it's still largely the team that got promoted. I mean, you did come down, and we had a pre-season friendly um, at the Amex pre-season, which, which was uh, most people fell asleep during. I think it, it was. Uh, <laughs> if I watched the stream of it, it was uh, not the most exciting encounter, but. You know, I mean, the, the gaffer there, he's, he's got them. He's got them playing. There's a certain brand of football which is which is often successful in the championship. But it, it, um, Billich has just got to get it right at this level, and uh, you know he'll be hungry for it. He will prove a point. Um, and you know the performance against uh, Chelsea was very eye-opening. Um, obviously, Chelsea came back to get a point in that game. Um, but you know, it, it, West Brom will want to prove that you're not just here to make up the numbers, and you can push on up the table. Um, it's just not about the. Uh, with, I mean, it's, it's so far <clears throat> in, in terms of media coverage, it's all been about how bad Fulham are and and how wonderful Leeds are. Mm-hmm. Oh, Leeds, great! We love you, Leeds. No, we don't. Um, it's. Um, 
West Brom have been largely forgotten uh, in, 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 by, by everybody. So um, that in itself could be actually be a blessing because you'll surprise a lot more teams. And, you know, like the football's OK. It's good. Team, uh, uh, you, you... Sorry, team-wise, um, team-wise going to the game, what do you expect um, Potter to, to go with on, on Monday night? We've learned never to second-guess Graham Potter. <laughs> uh, um, it's... I suspect it will be. I mean, we've lost Lewis Dunk, so that's going to be one change. I expect uh, Veltman to come in and centre of defence. Um, Stephen Elzati uh, was rested on Sunday because he just got back from uh, playing from Colombia uh, about uh, about thirty-five hours before kickoff. So um, he was given the rest, so he'll probably come back in. Um, Danny Welbeck probably won't start the game, but we'll. Put, I, I expect it to be um, very similar to the, to the side that started on, um, on on Sunday, but it will be with uh, the addition of Danny Welbeck on the bench and uh, Al Zaffi coming in and Veltman coming in. Brilliant, AD. Uh, finally, from me, mate, uh, as, as always, prediction time. It's Brighton. And Hove Albion against West Bromwich Albion. Can we have a, a score line for the peeps? Well, as we all know, there's only one team called Albion. Um, <laughs> and that's Albion Rovers. Um, it's, uh, it's Burton. No, um, it's uh, Bryson and Hove Albion will be with comfortable winners, I would We'll be talking 3-0. Three, three wow, OK, 3-0. Interesting one, interesting one. I'm sure there'll be um, a few thousand people listening to this who'll be disagreeing with you, mate. But, um, I can... Of course, that's what I expect. <laughs> you love it. That's, that's what we're there for. <laughs> but um, it's like, uh, after, after, the, after the last week, it's... <laughs> It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's no more than we expect. Definitely, mate. And uh, if if, if uh, people want to get in touch with you, mate, and uh, get a little bit more information, how do they contact you? What's your uh, what what can they what can they tweet you at or tweet you abuse with that form that that scoreline? <laughs> That's all right. I did, after the abuse I got from Villa fans the other day, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> just because <laughs> we, we don't talk about their sainted number ten, do we? No, no, um, no, 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 no. It's uh, <laughs> but. Um, we're, we're the Albion Roar on Twitter. We're the uh, we're, we're radio show and podcast on uh, Radio Reverb in Brighton on 97.2 FM online at radioreverb.com and on DAB and on Spotify. Um, if you can't find us, you're not trying hard enough. Um, we're everywhere. Brilliant, mate. AD, top man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And uh, all the best on Monday. Thanks, thanks a lot. Take care, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks very much, Adi. Really appreciate it. So, Joe, uh, look, Albi need to get this season going, and they need a win, don't they? I mean, draws are draws are fine, but you need to win games. And uh, look, Brighton have in and around them at this moment in time. I think they'll be fine this season. Don't get me wrong. I think they've got some really good players on their side. However, this is a great chance to to maybe to maybe get on the attack and and, and try and get this win. Can they do it? Can they go there and, and get three points at the Amex? Uh, yes, they can. Um, and. <laughs> It's not that they need to. Um, obviously, look, it's an away game in the Premier League. It's not going to be easy. Brighton are a decent side, aren't they? Um, I've I've not seen much of them this season. I saw the Man United game where they hit the woodwork about 17 times. It, it was absolutely incredible. Um, they're a decent side. Again, they fall into that bracket, though, don't they, of a team that we thoroughly expect them to finish in the bottom half of the table. You do. Yeah. You do. Well, 
I'm I'm not convinced they they won't be in the relegation battle to be honest. Um, but they could finish sort of 13th, 14th, and be and be fairly fairly safe. Maybe I'm I'm not sure. But I think the big question all Albion fans are asking now, if we're being honest, is is where are the wins going to come from? Sure. Um. We've seen gradual, gradual progression. If you if you take out, if it's obviously easier, so easy to say, but if you take out the Southampton game, every game there's been a gradual progression. Um, so things are going in the right direction. They really, really are. The performances are getting better. I think there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of optimism from from that um, Burnley game in a sense that Albion did effectively play with a brand new spine from from the, from those first four games. You've got Ivanovic, you've got Gallagher, you've got Kravinovic, you've got Carlin Grant. That's a big difference. That makes a huge, huge difference um, from those first four outings. So there is that positivity. There is that sort of that there, there is that sense they're going in the right direction. It's just a case of winning those games. Exactly what you said. Draws are all well and good, but they're not going to keep you up, are they? Um, no. And you need to win as a as a minimum, maybe. It's like eight games a season yes uh, I think so yeah I think eight games is fine yeah maybe you can maybe get away with seven but you've got to be in and around that spot yeah, yeah I think even yeah If we, so where are those and that's what the question where, where are those eight going to come from look we, we all know they're not going to like, you never know it might happen but it's highly 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 unlikely it's going to come against Liverpool it's going to come against Man United mm-hmm. it's going to come against Tottenham mm-hmm. and yeah. and after this you've got to win you've got to win one completely crazy game I think in season maybe two but that you can't guarantee them yeah and that can happen I mean it was so close to beating Chelsea um, so so close so it, it can happen hopefully it will happen a couple of times along the way but you need eight wins around eight wins and it's just getting that first one isn't it that's the issue and I think the the slightly worrying thing for me is We've played five games. Um, we've not got that win yet. We've got Fulham and Brighton next, and these are two games that are, you would say, are winnable. Um, these are sort of if you're going to win eight games, you really want to be winning at least one of these two. And I think the worry after that is it goes into Man United and Tottenham, and you think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very quickly you can be at nine games sure. if we didn't want win one of these two. So, and nine games is a fair chunk of the season, isn't it? You've I'm really starting to notice the difference between 38 games and 46. It is mm-hmm. it is vast. Yeah. Um, so I think the question is, where are the wins can come from? Can Albion win these games? Of course they can. But until you get that first one, you just have that, that sort of, that bit of doubt really. Um, and this is a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity at Brighton. They, they're a decent side, like we've said, but, the, but Albion can get at them. Of course they can get at them. And I, I think the interesting thing with Brighton is Albion will, will create chances against them. I think I think Brighton will create chances as well. I think it'll be quite an open game. Um, but it's going to be who performs sort of better on the day, as obvious as that sounds. But if, if Dean Garner, Pereira, Grant, Robinson, if they really click and they put on a show and they find their top form, then they'll fancy themselves to get goals. They will. Um Team-wise, Joe, what do you think? Do you think um, similar? Or, or, you know, we kind of mentioned it before. Would you say uh, Ajayi to come in for Hagazi? Or is it diff- is it harsh to drop him after the first clean sheet of the season? Mm, uh, yeah, it would be a bit harsh. But I think look, they'll probably have more pie up front, won't they, Brighton? They'll have Lalana in behind. And, and mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of movement. And um, I think Ajayi will come in. I do think Ajayi will come in for Hagazi. Otherwise, I think he'll be exa- exactly the same. I can't work out maybe Robinson for Grant. Um, obviously, Robinson didn't train all 
all week, two weeks or whatever it was because of um, yeah. the COVID thing. So he just rejoined the group on on Sunday before the game. So incredibly, Grant had been with them a lot longer because um, yeah. he'd had the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. So you can sort of see why Billich went with Grant against Burnley. Um, maybe Robinson. I think Robinson probably deserves to keep his place, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. I think he's done well in, in, in the four games in which he played. Um so I'll potentially go Robinson just to give Grant a little bit more time and Ajay back in the side. Uh, interesting because they play 3-4-3 Brighton. So could yeah. Bilic look to match them up? But I don't think he will. I think he'll go 4-3-3 again. And hopefully the legs of Conor Gallagher and Filip Kravinovic will lead to chances for the front three. And hopefully Albion scoring a few goals. Looking forward to it. Um, so it is. It is Brighton against... West Bromwich Albion, it's Monday Night Football. Um, I'll go first with the prediction, Joe. I'll, I'll leave you with a final word, my friend. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be a pretty open game. I'm going to say Desmond. I'm going to go 2-2. 2-2. Two, two. Two, two. I'm going to go 2-1 Albion. Oh, wouldn't that be fantastic to the bag kick start the season properly, West mate? West Bromwich Albion, obviously, the real Albion. not The, the, the real no. Albion, is it? Yeah, no, not no, the fraudsters. No, no, none of this proper Albion with Brighton, mate. This is the, this, this is the real Albion, the Baggies boys. Um, I was just thinking this is going to be probably one for the season, but it's not because... I think I might be with you, although some people are like, oh, God, when's he on again after this rubbish? And it's funny when someone replied, I prefer Luke. <laughs> yeah, no. It's Luke's uncle, actually, to be fair. So, um, uh, I was going to uh, I'm going to say, I think I might, because he's away in November, he's going to Dubai for a few days, for a week and a half, I think. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah, mate. He's off to Dubai, mate. I bet he, don't sit, bet he didn't tell you that, no, did he? No, no, I think he's off to Dubai, jet-setting, mate, you know. Digital wages these days through through the roof apparently. So uh, I think I'll be with you in a, in a couple of weeks' time, mate. Post post Halloween, I can let you know how many uh, how how many how many kids came round the house. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, how many trick or treaters, mate? Trick or treaters, right? I better love you and leave you, uh, Joe. Thank you very much. Fingers crossed. Three points on Monday from me, from Joe. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye.